Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. My name is Barbara Barnett, and I am your host tonight, and I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, Technorati Media's Journal of Pop Culture and Entertainment. Um, We have a a fabulous show lined up for tonight, along with our usual panel of Blog Critics journalists, Chrissy, our heart Chrissy, and Jimmy Jerome Wetzel TV. Um, We will be joined in the second half hour for about 45 minutes or so with Dylan Schmid, who plays Bellfire, Rumpelstiltskin's son, uh, the younger version of it, um, on Once Upon a Time. So I'm really excited to have him on. I interviewed Dylan a couple of years ago after his first episode. and it was, I'm getting dinged all over the place here, um, his very first episode. And I, I may have been his first interview ever, interviewer ever. Um, so I, um, you know, it was really, really interesting. He was much younger. And now he is a couple years older and has gotten a much bigger part in once. In addition to um, doing a brand new show for the Disney Channel called Bunks. He has the lead role. So oh. I'm going to ask him about that as well. So um, so some very exciting things. Um, I know that he has spent a lot of time backstage with both Robert, which makes sense, Robert Carlyle, who plays his dad um, on the show, but also he has spent time backstage with Colin O'Donoghue. And well. I've been told that he may have some things to say about both of those. So both of those folks. So that would be fun to talk about and, and some of his favorite episodes and how it is to fly on the high wire. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it'll be great. Um, so uh, first of all, I have, like, big, gigantic news for myself. Ask me what it is. <laughs> okay. What, what is it? What is well, it? Today was the launch day for a brand new book called Still Hungry for Your Love, Further Adventures in Zombie Love. I'm sorry, Further Adventures in Zombie Romance. I have to get the title correct. Ha. Still Hungry for Your Love. It is edited by Lori Perkins and is published by Riverdale uh, Books in New York. And my story is one of 15 stories of zombie love in the, um, in the anthology. Um, they're all about zombies, and they're all about romance. So um, very, very exciting to see it hit the streets today. Right now, it's only in ebook form, and it will be coming out in print as well. So if I may be indulged to quote to excerpt, to read a couple of paragraphs from the beginning of my story, do you guys want to hear? Sure. Beginning of the story, yay, hopefully. Okay. So here it's called the Z spot. The Z spot, okay. The Z spot. That conjures up all kinds of images, I just thought you know. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Conjure away. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Daniel crossed the Michigan Avenue Bridge heading north. 
He looked down, captivated for a moment by the traffic jam of bobbing bodies like they were sockeye salmon jockeying for position as they headed upstream. Smart cars trying to change lanes during rush hour on the Dan Ryan. Telltale signs that the Chicago Police Department Z-Squad must be out in full force today, he thought, looking around suddenly wary. Well, at least the choppers weren't flying. He'd be a goner out there unprotected on the bridge in broad daylight. Wasn't there supposed to be a truce in place? Shit, Daniel froze, watching a mob fast approaching from the north, streaming from what used to be the Tribune Tower. They were coming right towards him, special machete-tipped rifles aimed right at his head. Neighborhood militia dudes, they were worse than the Z-Squad. Decapitate first, ask questions later. No way he could run from those red beret-wearing terrorists. He'd forgotten the most basic lesson of cadaverhood. Never wander alone. Stay with your pack. Never mind that he didn't have a fracking pack. Not yet. He ducked into a familiar storefront, watching as the mob fled down the street towards a shuffling group of undead on the other side of Michigan Avenue. Phew, close one. Didn't this used to be a Starbucks? There, Starbucks? Damn, he missed Alexandra. But this was no time to get emotional. So if you want to hear more, buy yeah. the book. Sounds buy good. Book. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. All um, I could think so, about was, like, you said the militia. I was like, revolution. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. More like The Walking yeah. Dead, but... um. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm The Walking Dead. I mean, that's what I was picturing was Walking Dead, but then you said militia, and I'm like, okay. I, my, yeah. my mind went straight to Monroe, so... <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see what happened to Monroe? I'm like, oh. there's no way he's dead. He cannot be dead. How can he not, not, not be dead? He's not dead. I think they gave him one of those things, those sedative things that makes him think, look like he's really dead. Because the very last scene is she's digging him up. I mean, <sighs> he can't die. I mean, first of all, he's hot. I mean, A. <laughs> I mean, well. and B... You know, it's David Lyons. I mean, come on. We gotta have we gotta have Monroe and Miles together. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. I I totally. I was agree. freaking. I was screaming at the TV screen. You should have heard me scream. I am. <laughs> like, I'm no! to my husband. I said, "Oh wow, they're gonna kill off Monroe." No. <laughs> I hope it's a fake. I'm thinking it's a fake. I I, I, I think it's a fake out. I am just loving Revolution this season. What 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 do you think, Jimmy? I am behind. I will make it my personal mission to catch up by next week. Uh, oh, my God. I have always seen the season premiere so far. Oh, it is God, it's really, so good. Yeah, it is, it's really good. The storylines are great. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it much, much more than oh. last week. Speaking of Eric, Eric Kripke, yeah. um, yes. Speaking of which, I actually watched one of the season's uh, Supernatural episodes, since I'm a big Castiel fan. Oh, uh, yes. I, what do you I, think? I don't, I, I don't watch the show all the time. Oh, but, my God. I'm, like, hooked on it. <laughs> and we're only, like, my husband and I are watching it. We're only, like, on season four. So. Oh, Lord. But I, I so just you... I wanted, I wanted to watch, um, what is it called, Not an Angel? Yeah, Not an Angel. It was so cute and sad and just 
Oh, I really, I thought it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed oh, that. Oh, I loved it. I, yeah, not an angel, or I am not an angel, or whatever. I'm yeah, no, it was. That's right. I'm no angel. Right. I'm no angel. That's what it was. Oh my God, I absolutely loved it, and I love seeing seeing him in actual different clothing. I mean, he's had that trench coat. I know. Day one. You know, and even when, well, you didn't see uh, season eight, but anyway, but yeah, he, he comes back, he's always got the raincoat on, so, right. and it's weird, he's, he's he's human, so he has to think about eating and, like, taking a chat, going to the bathroom, I mean, that sequence he's like, don't you, don't you ever get tired of going to the bathroom? <laughs> I know. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it, it makes for an interesting uh, storyline, and I'm, I'm really, really liking it, um, really liking it a lot. So I want to talk about um, this week's Once Upon a Time before Dylan comes on, and I'm my eyes are peeled on the queue because I know he's going to call in um, in about 20 minutes, um, and I know his number, so I will recognize it immediately. Um, so, what did you guys think of of last night's Once Upon a Time? You can you can answer in the chat room too, by the way. So, Jimmy, what do you think? You go first. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, but uh, you know, yeah. I agreed with you guys that you know the aerial stuff was very similar. It really didn't further anything yeah. for Snow and Regina, but um. The other hand, I was wanting to see more because I really wanted to see what it looked like under the sea, and I was super disappointed that they didn't spend the time and the budget to show us that, yeah. even though it would not have really contributed to the story much at all. Well, right. watch the cartoon, Under <laughs> the Sea, Under see, the Sea. I've <laughs> never seen it. I've never even oh. seen that, uh, The Little Mermaid. I know. See, my, children, really? my children are it's just aged. My children are just the age. Um, it is not one of my favorite Disney animated features of that era. I have mm-hmm. to say my favorite of that era is Beauty and the Beast, wow. which I Beauty and the Beast. Hands still down. stands out you... as one of the most stunningly made oh, animated so features good. ever by anybody. Uh, I've seen it in Blu-ray. Oh, uh, my God. It the is... colors. It just it pops. Just, it's just... I rem- it's just so magical. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, you yeah. Just, yeah, I remember off. seeing it in the movie theater. And yep. um, I remember seeing it in the movie theater and um, watching it and thinking to myself how three-dimensional they've made it. Yeah. You know, the so depth cool. they shot it. Um, the just, vault. Yeah. The oh, vault. my gosh. That scene that is just was... It's just gorgeous. And... <laughs> camera sweeps around yeah. the room it was like yeah. just oh my god this is like I'm really yeah. sitting there in the room I mean it was and crazy rem- it was so good right it's reminiscent of the best of Disney animation like for example Snow White um, yes you know the, the animated feature of Snow White which is you know long it- my time but um, yeah you know they would they would release it every once in a while into the movie theaters and of course playing it on Disney's Wonderful World of Color which was when I was a little right. child um <laughs> but that is one of the in fact it's funny because my son who is in town visiting um said he says you know 
I have to tell you, you really traumatized me when I was a kid. And I said, well, what did I do? He says, you know, when I was four years old, you guys took me to see Snow White. Because it had been re-released. It had been re-released. And I said, well, but it's a Disney movie. He says, that was the freaking scariest movie I've ever seen. And he's like totally into horror. I mean, that's like his genre. Funny. Yeah. He's like, that's the freaking sk- that he said that and forcing me to watch the X Files episode with the doll. <laughs> oh, the doll. That I was scary. The one for me was that was home. That was the one I've only been able to see it once because it scared yeah, the crap I've out of me. I had nightmares for like a week. No. Okay, so let's continue. Let's, anyway. let's not let's not get off topic until after Dylan leaves. Okay. I wanna, okay. Um, so, um, so last night's episode, I, I think I really looked forward to seeing Ariel and, and the Little Mermaid story. And I thought there were parts of the episode I really, really, really loved. I loved the um, the truth caves. And I thought it was so yeah. cool because I thought from a purely visual standpoint, it seemed a subversion of Pinocchio. Because in yeah, Pinocchio, of course, totally. his nose grows, right, with every lie. And in mm-hmm. this, the bridge grows with every truth. And I just thought that was a really neat inversion of the Pinocchio totally. um, thing. And I just thought that was really cool. I loved it. Um, to me, the only thing about that scene that was kind of that, that not didn't ruin it for me, that sort of made it a little too much for me, it got so freaking sappy. Yeah, I, you know, it was like okay, it was fine. No, enough sugar. Let's let's get the sugar. You know, yeah. But like, it's know, a good thing I don't have. You know, I'm not diabetic because it was like really <laughs> to me. It was a little syrupy. Um, but I but I thought it was really cool. I loved um, I loved the fact that those truths came out, and I love the idea that um, snow wants more um more she wants another kid she wants a do-over and i think that's kind of a cool reveal on the other hand uh uh charming's reveal is that he ain't ever gonna leave that island is a problem how is he gonna okay I, i think we've talked about this before a little bit but okay, so so how's he going to get off the island? What's going to be the? Are they going to kill him off? Do you think? No, no I don't think so. I kind of wish they would, but actually, no. I kind of wish that Snow would stay with him there and they'd both leave the show. But that's just uh, no, that's not going to happen. They need to to start writing some layers to this character. Yeah. I mean, even. Even when he knew he was going to die and he's going through all this and, and you know, and he's, and he's working with Hook and blah, 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 I, I don't understand why they're not giving him – I mean, listen, let's just – Rumpel has layers upon layers upon layers. They write for him, and I don't understand. They've even written for Snow. Snow has gone through some stuff. Everyone is going through personal things. Not charming, really. Not yet. And I yeah. don't understand, like – he needs if they if if he comes back to Storybrooke, I don't know how in the hell they're gonna do it, but he really they need to start writing some some diverse stuff for him. Yeah. I, mean, maybe, I mean part of it know? part of it it's not on paper. See, this is the thing and this is the synergy of actor and script. 
actor and writer. A lot of acting, a lot of that layering isn't the writing. It's directing, it's acting, and you right, can have – and they're not you right. You're not you're right. They're not, page. you know, and part of the problem is, too, and as far as the writing for, for Charming, for sure, um, is that he's a good guy. Where yeah. do you go with that? You know, you start with this well, position. And it's funny, and you ask any of the writers who they like to write for. And what do you think they say? Well, well, of course they say Rumple. Who who wouldn't yeah. want to write for Rumple? It's a great I mean, Rumpel, he's a great he's a great character played by a great actor. But um But they could have they could have charming. Yeah. Deal they could with give, they could give him they need to give him a moral a a life a moral dilemma. Moral dilemma. Yeah. That he needs to grapple with. Yes. That yes. he, a secret, something that he, I mean, this whole thing was, okay, well, that, that came out really quick, the secret, that, you know, he can't get off the aisle. I mean, that was going to be told. It, it, but I'm talking about, we need to see it little by little, something, every single week. Like, I don't want it to be resolved so quickly. Even with Snow. I mean, I felt like, you know, she killed Cora, and it was resolved within a few episodes. I mean, yeah, we saw her, she was freaking yeah. out, or her heart was turning black, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying... They need to to come up with something, some subplot storyline for him, and I think that Josh definitely has the acting chops. To oh, do there's it. no question a, he does. It's a matter of them just taking the time to really kind of okay, what can we do here? Because they need to do something. I mean, yes, I love that he's always the one that's going to save the day, charming. He's the you know he's the one that swoops in all the time, but but but. You know, even even with Rumpel, Rumpel kind of also has swooped in several times and saved the day in different situations. Right. And he's got he's got some complexity to him. I just think that yeah. even you know, even ever since he realized who he was, it's just been okay. He's been in charge of blah, blah blah. But I mean, even with this last little bit, I mean, him dying and stuff. Like we didn't see any kind of writing where he could have been kind of questioning his life. You know what he's done. I mean, there wasn't any kind of depth to it. The big right. secret was that, oh, I'm keeping it from right. snow and from, you know. And right. I'm just like, it's, well, very, it's, very, it's very black and white. And I think a lot of, that's true of, of many of the characters, um, that it's written in a fairly simple, not particularly deep way. And yeah. there's a reason for it, and, and it's not a particularly deep show. Um, there no, are times but, they really tackle some things with some depth, but that's what I mean. but it's like, it's, like even with Belle and, and things that she's dealing with. I mean, you, you see her grappling with things, you see right? And all, even all, and everyone, even Hook, Emma, you know, and, and there's Hook. Hook. He's beginning to, you know, there. I can see them writing him more complex than they were writing him last year. Yeah, oh, and definitely. I like that. Well, I, I definitely it's a see that. Story. Yeah, it's, it's a redemption. redemption and, and see, and the thing is, those are always going to be the most interesting stories. I mean, they just are. They're interesting because you have a character who's flawed. If you don't have flaws and you don't have conflict, but there's nowhere to remember, go. Remember, there is a. They can do that with David because. You know, remember he was not the 
know, the twin and all that, blah, blah, blah. But there has to be, even if there's some kind of his evil, the evil twin, I mean, they could do something with that even. I mean, they could they could have a part of him start invading his dreams. I mean, there's a lot of different things that they could do with that. Oh, yeah. They're just not no, there. There is. You know, that would be kind of cool because, you know, what if? What if the, the evil yeah. twin is trying to find a way back? What if? I mean, that would be interesting. Yeah. To try and yeah. play out, and then you would be you would you would have some kind of a multi-dimensional interesting twist to that, you know. Yeah, and, no, uh, that's true. Um, and I, I just you know that. I think that his role is being the prince, yeah, and good guy, and and I think Regina's role is I don't I don't think we're seeing a lot of conflict with Regina this year. Um, but she's inter- gone back to the evil queen self and. Yeah, Other than you know how she cares I about really, Henry. I really, yeah, she loved. She cares about Henry. I really loved that it was her innate cynicism, bailed Rumpel. You know, Rumpel, who's yeah. the, you know, who's who's the the who wears the mask of unemotionalism, and I've said this a bunch right. of times too. It really lives by his emotions. And yeah. um, which is interesting because magic is the product of emotion, um, right. strong emotion. Um, and he is an incredibly emotional being. And to be taken in by this vision of Belle. Okay, now I, I'm going to ask the gang in the chat room, just like I asked you, Chrissy, before the show. And I'm going to ask okay. you, Jimmy. So the Belle that we saw <laughs> yesterday, is she the same Belle? that Rumpel's been seeing all along, or is she a different bell? Is it is it is a a different this this is the pan bell because she, to me she talked differently. She before was bolstering Rumpel's courage, you know, to do what he had to do. Last night's bell, who was we know is a false bell, has been um has was, you know, oh come with me, come with me, sort of I was I was flashing on Nimue from the story of Camelot did differently. I think that the I see and then this is the thing that's gonna be going through Rumpel's head right now. Is have has he been seeing Pan's shadow the entire time? as Sarah suggests in the chat room, or or is this version of Belle somebody else? This or 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 the vision of Belle that he's been seeing was really his vision. See I, I, th- I don't think the show is that complex. I think they it's just inconsistent writing. Uh, they can explain it as, oh, the shadow is playing the long game and it won't want his trust first before it turned on him. But I just think it's just the the writing's just was weak. You think it was just writing? Yeah, I think it was unintentional. I think it well, was unintentional that it was so uh, different. You know, but I but I'm wondering though if it was it was intentionally done that way, um, because. Um, that really is going to put Rumpel even more off balance than he already is. 
in Wonderland. I knew I was going to do that at some point. In Neverland. He's already off balance, right? Because he's, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, he, he believes he's going to die. It's the only way to take down Pan. He doesn't want to die, especially now that he knows that Balefire, Neil, is alive. But he knows mm-hmm. that he needs to do that. Um, and I think he's already really off balance. And now he's not going to even know whether he should trust um, his own. This. What about if in order to save Henry, what if there's a way that he can control Pan's shadow and have him morph? into a fake rumble mm. at the last minute or something. And then that way, he can save himself, he can save Henry and, and uh, Faye, and, and they can live happily ever after. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what there is in, in, in Gold's shop in Storybrook. Yeah, that's I'm excited to get back to those characters. I'm anxious, me too. I miss yeah. I miss I didn't think I was going to miss it as much because I felt like, okay, well, we have all the core characters and, you know, our team is together. But I've missed Storybrooks. I, I, I didn't think I would so much by now, mm-hmm. you know. But um, Yeah, I missed the story, and I'm really excited that the hashtag for next week is Belle is back. Yay, I know. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. Okay, well, well I I'll give them well credit there. for keeping her in the show in an organic way that made sense. I, yeah, I really love the way they've kept her involved, and it is sort of Rumpel's oh, yeah. news and last night Rumpel's uh, siren, his temptress. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me ask you this: What do you guys think about the soapiness of the? I was dying. I was like, Oh, oh my the God, triangle, the triangle going on Emma and Hook, and I'm like, Holy crap! You know, they say soaps are dead. I don't think so because they're doing it on Once Upon a Time I, soapy triangle. Know, I think that Hook is going to revert to type. And I always does when she's trapped, when things don't go her way. Wait, yeah, no, I think Hook is gonna. I think Hook's going to revert to revert to type, and he's going to. He is going to try to take her from Neil. He was completely listening in on that conversation. Yeah, and he was. I think he's already concocting a way to, um, you but know, to... Sh- Emma isn't going to put up with that crap. I mean, she, she's not going to... I don't see how. Sh- she's not going to allow herself to be manipulated. She's not going to allow herself... Right. So I don't understand how that could possibly work. I mean, they, they've sort of cre- got this sort of a little bit more of a trustworthy bond going, okay, since he, he's he been honest since they got in Neverland and he's been helping in this and that. So so he's coming, he's turning around in her eyes, but it's so new that I, I just can't imagine, like, if they, if it was like some moment in the episode, in maybe an episode where, you know, it's a life or death situation, and he has to choose, you know, her or something, and then, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that the, the trustworthy and the, the bond is, is strong enough for him no. to try and no. manipulate I know, her. I, she's not going to go for it. I mean, she... I, 
Yeah, I, I noticed something really interesting, and I just thought of it just now, um, is that both Rumpel and um, Hook were offered deals by Pan. Right. And both of them rejected those deals. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how that's going to play. Because neither one of them have been have been allow, are allowing themselves to be manipulated by Pan. They both know Pan really well. Oh, that was the other question I wanted to ask. Is okay. So and and Chrissy, you and I were talking a little bit about this before the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So Rumpel, it's it, it isn't a th- it's not he doesn't feel the threat. He doesn't feel there's a risk. It's like he knows that if he takes down Pan, he will die. It's a statement right. of fact in his mind. Mm-hmm. Statement of fact. If I, there's no way for me to take down Pan unless I die. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think that is? What? Why? I mean, that's the big what question. Do, what do you think, Jimmy? It's got to have something to do with when he was there before. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I've seen anything in the show that explains it yet, but I feel like... No. That's going to be coming in a flashback. Well, my yeah. thought was right that there the final confrontation. Yeah, I think no, that's I a really and, big key, big key to everything. Yeah, I think he, I think they've been connected through yeah. some type of a magic. I mean, I think that he made a deal with my. This is my theory. My theory is that Rumpel made a deal with Pan that they would he would link their lives together. In, if, in in exchange for allowing him to leave Neverland, and I think it might it could possibly also have something to do with even his father and, and this whole backstory. I mean, we still don't know the whole story yet. So, but I think it has something to do like that, like like it's a it's a connect it's like a, a life a lifeline connection type thing between well, now. I just hand. I just heard from um, Dylan's people his mom, <laughs> uh, who just <laughs> tweeted me, um, that Dylan's going to be calling in in a minute. So we got our we got our, our heads up. Yeah, I think they're connected somehow. I mean, intrinsically connected, and I think it is connected to how Rumpel got off the island. Um, I wonder how it's connected to um, the story of Rumpel's dad and yeah. all of that. It's, it, it's just... You know, it's it, this is all coming down to, and I know all the other arcs are really important and you know getting henry obviously is the big unifying arc for all the stories but i can't help but feel you know and remembering um what um adam and eddie said to me um and also robert said to me back over the summer um at comic-con about this really being a really important arc for rumpel yeah. And for his character. And I think that's what it's all going to come down to. I mean, I think that's where this is all leading up. Yeah. Because so that's many of the parts of this story are connected to Rumpel's backstory with, with Pan. Yeah, and I, I'm anxious to see, too, this, what, the, what the father gave the doll to him. And, right. You know, okay. Like, I'm going to interrupt. I'm interrupting. All uh, right. Because I'm going to bring Dylan on. Hang on one second. Hello, Dylan. Hi. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I'm Barbara Barnett. We spoke a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember. I, um, I don't think I do remember that well. But... 
<laughs> yeah, I think it was after your first episode on Once Upon a Time. We did a we did a quick interview, and but that's okay. I've got you on my show, um, and you know all the thousands of people who are listening, hopefully. Um, and uh, so I'm Barbara, and I also have uh, two people who are usually with me on the show. Um, Christine Piccolo, say hi, Christine. Hi, hi, Taylor. And hi, and uh, and James Daly, who is known on on the Twitterverse as uh, Jerome Wetzel TV. Say hi, Jimmy. Um, and uh, we've got a bunch of people in the chat room, and I'm really excited to have you on and to talk to you. So. Um, first of all, you are from one of my favorite places on this entire universe, which is Vancouver Island. I actually so, live in, oh yes, Vancouver Island, there you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you're in, you're in Victoria somewhere, or near Victoria somewhere, yeah. And one of my favorite places in the world is uh, Sydney, which is just up the, yeah. up the island from the show. I, I've spent some time there, it's, it's just the most gorgeous place in the world. So I am so incredibly jealous that you live there. Um, but it's a great place. Uh, so welcome to the show. And um, I wanted to start by saying congratulations, by the way, on your new series. Now, is it is it just in pilot or has it been picked up for show for, for a season? Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet what's happening with that. Okay. But, um, right now, for what I know, I, I, I don't think it's been picked up yet. Okay, so tell us about it. It's called Bunks, and yes. it's on Disney. That's right. It's on Disney. So tell us all about it. You're the lead character in it, I understand. So uh, do tell. Okay, well, Bunks is about uh, two O'Reilly brothers, uh, Dylan and Dane, and they're both pranksters, and you know they like to uh, they like to go past the limit. I'll say so. The start of the movie is, you know, they do some bad things at home, so their parents send them to boot camp. Um, and instead of going to boot camp, we switch name tags with two other people and go to a different camp called Bushwhacked. Okay. There, uh, <laughs> there we group up with some misfits, um, and we end up doing some small games with, like, dodgeball with other groups um, in this camp. And... Uh, we're just pretending to be these camp counselors with these misfits. <laughs> then we end up, you know, seeing this story, some stories of the campfire, zombie outbreak begins, and it all goes uh, that way. Do, wait, yeah. did I hear zombies? Did I hear zombies? Zombies. Zombies. Yeah. That is so cool. So cool. I just wrote a zombie story that's in a new anthology, so I'm, like, all about the zombies. <laughs> so... Um, great, great. And so where can people catch the show? Um, Disney XD. You can just look up Bunks on Disney XD. Uh, it, it had already aired on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's airing on family, the Family Channel as well. Okay. Well, cool. So let's talk about Once Upon a Time. Okay. And um, so... Uh, this is now. When I talked to you last time, you had only been in one episode. Now you've been in many episodes. Um, five minutes. You've been in five five episodes. And are you in any more this season, or have we seen the last of Balefire, or we're going to see more of you? Yes. Uh, I have been shown for season three. 
Uh, but I can't. I'm not going to say anything. I, I'll just say, keep on watching the show. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, so what is it like? I mean, you have a pretty. You've had a couple of fairly intense. Ups. And how is it to juggle? You know, being on set and you shoot in Vancouver, yes. Yes. So you go across to Vancouver. How do you juggle that with school and, you know, being in the show and all that? Good question. Um, I mean, I'm starting to get used to it with the whole traveling across sea, you know, taking ferries to Vancouver because I do lots of auditions there. I film lots there. And it's just be kind of kind of become this thing that I just do. Mm-hmm. Um, but with school, I'm homeschooled right now. So okay. It's it's much more easier than going to school. Although, you know, I don't get to see friends as much anymore. Social-wise, it's kind of on the downside. But other than that, it's great because I have more time to go on set and do auditions and all that good stuff. Great, great. Um, So what's a day on the set like for you on once? (laughs) It's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. It's... um, for me, I've I've said this before on an interview. Uh, whenever I go on set or go inside of like a shooting area for Once Upon a Time or any any show or any movie, I kind of change as a person. I change who I am. I, I really go into the character that I'm I'm playing. For mm-hmm. instance, Belfire. Whenever I go on set, I change into him. I am him. I am Bay, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great feeling. It's it's crazy, and it's like when I walk away, I'm Dylan again, right? So. Sure, sure. Uh, so who is Bay in your mind when you go? You know, you get into your character, Belfire. Who is he? What's he about? How does he relate to his dad? How does he relate to? Um, the other people around him, and I'm going to get to some of the other characters in a minute. But let's start with relating to, to how does how do you as Balefire relate to to Rumpelstiltskin? How do relate to Rumpelstiltskin? How do you you know how, what who is who is your character? How does you know you obviously your character loves his father, but there's conflict there. So who do, who is Balefire? Am I not being clear? Okay, we'll we'll scratch oh, no, that I question. Have... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, Belfire. So, oh, okay, go, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Take go ahead. take your time. Okay, okay. Um, Belfire has like has been through so much. Mm-hmm. I think last episodes that I've been in. And, and my older self, what, Neil. Sure. Me, Balfire is so brave, and that's that's a massive word that I can explain him with. Um, Great. Okay. So he's brave because I mean he's 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 taken it upon himself to leave this land, this kind of corrosive you know place that he's been, and yeah. he obviously wants to take Rumple with him. Rumple didn't go with him. And now yeah. he's sort of braving the world by himself. Yeah. So, you know, and, and which is the world that Balefire's in now in season three, right? Yeah. 
he's sort of braving it and at the end of season two. So um, speaking of which, let's let's talk about um, Second Star to the Right, which was a really pivotal episode for Balefire at the end of season two, second to last episode. Um, and, you know, you're being getting into the Neverland story. You're getting into the Peter Pan story. Um, how is it like to be flying around? Oh, it was it was crazy. That so was, tell us about that. I had never done anything on set that intense with that much energy and that much, like, to have such, have to think about, like, self-confidence of, you know, I'm, I'm flying, I have to go on, like, these little cords and do all these awesome stunts. It was it was a it was a really shocking experience for me because I'd never done anything like it. So was that done um, with um with a stunt double at all or did you was that just all you? It was it was done with a stunt double in some some of the flying. Mhm. But you still had to be rigged up there with the wires. Yeah, oh yeah. Stuff. Doing a lot of the a lot of the flying around. Yeah, how do you imagine? I, you know, I know that a lot of Once Upon a Time is done um, in front of green screen um, because those sets would not be—you couldn't make sets like that um, on a TV budget. Um, how do you imagine yourself in the that space? You know, when it's like, okay, you're flying over London, and obviously it's green screen because you're not flying over London. So how do you get into that space where? You're thinking, okay, what am I seeing? What am I imagining? Do you get help from the director on that, or is that kind of all yourself that you know that's imagining that? It's all about um, <laughs> child imagine, imagination, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you you really, get into that space. Yeah, you really get no. Um, I mean, obviously they'll t- they'll tell you, you know, like what's going on, where you are. I'm flying over some buildings in in London or whatever, and it it is it is all imagination you really it's it's all about can you really imagine this and believe that you are being flown around by this ghost mm-hmm. you know like it's all really about if you can imagine it and that's the funnest part right clearly there was no shadow there taking your hand and saying hey come no. on let's go so how was it like working with freya yeah, no, she was great. I I haven't worked, I haven't like seen her after filming that episode, or like I I haven't uh, talked to her like um I don't, I don't know. She no, she's great. Like I, I I she was great. She was a great actor. So you've been interacting with quite a few actors, obviously now on the show. Um, you've had scenes with Peter Pan. Um, yeah. And Robbie Kay, who is scary as can be to me, to the viewer. I Do you agree, guys? Love Pretty him. scary. Yes, yes. Love right. him. He's been fabulous, I have to say. <laughs> but there are oh, a lot yeah, more. Yeah, there are a lot more younger actors on the set these days. And is that is that a lot of fun for you to to have more you know younger folks? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's it like behind what's it like like behind the scenes when you're doing between takes and stuff? I mean, are you guys able to hang out and chat and kind of be, you know, do you guys get to kind of have fun, move around? Yeah, no, no, it, it's it's definitely after you walk off, like being on set. It's everyone's 
still laughing, you know. After cut, everyone starts talking and, you know, eating, and it's it's all fun. Good, good. Definitely, yeah. Um, we're, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. We, we just hang out in between scenes, yeah. Great. Um, so you spend a lot of time also backstage um, with, with Robert Carlyle because um, yeah. he plays Dad. Um, so what's it like working with him? Robert, I, I I don't even know how to explain Robert. He, he's a legend, right? He's he's like yeah. one of the he's one of the best actors I've ever seen on TV and known. You know, he's he just knows. It's like he's it's like he's born with it. He's just he's just a brilliant actor. He just he can just switch a light and just be in character. It's crazy. Yeah, and there's a lot of. Them. Sorry, go ahead, Chrissy. No, I was just going to say, what's the most important, what's the best thing that you've learned from him in, in working with him what's, that you will definitely continue to use in your, in your own acting career? Oh, that's great. He, he, that's a good question. He's, he's really talked to me about a lot of things. Um, being on set and if I have any troubles, you know, he'll be there and he'll give me some tips. Something he's told me that I've remembered. Uh, he, he said a lot of stuff to me. That's I'm not sure. No, it's okay. I mean, I'm sure that okay. you know, working with him on a on a regular basis, it's like okay, trying to. Uh, and I'm sure it's really, really pretty cool to work uh, with him. And um, so, who else are you working? Who else have you worked with on the set that you've you know you've enjoyed? playing against uh have you had any scenes with um colin o'donohue with hook because i know that hook and bellfire sort of go way back and and you do you do you've had scenes with him so how's colin to work with no yeah colin colin's the same everyone every all the actors on once upon a time i mean even though i haven't been in many scenes with uh most of them in the past like i haven't been in much scenes with them that you've we've all seen and all that i've just they all they're all great actors and working with Colin uh like face to face in a scene working with Hook like that that was that was an achievement for me definitely uh they they're all great they're I have not much to say they're all just amazing great so do you have like a like a favorite moment or a favorite scene or a favorite episode you want to share with us I think I have a couple, yeah. The, there was definitely that scene between the most meaningful scene for, I think, Balefire in the show was when I was falling down the portal uh, with Robert and the part where I broke out in tears with Colin, actually, on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, that w- those two were the most emotional scenes for me I think I've ever done. Okay. Um, so, it, it, do, where do, as an actor, as a young actor, I mean, I know that in acting school you learn how to, you know, kind of tap into those really deep emotions. Um, how difficult is it to find that emotional uh, resonance, that, you know, that deep emotion as a young actor? Is that something that's really difficult to, to do and to keep? And, to, and I know that you have to do it take after take after take as well, so... It's it's really not easy to be honest. You really have to you really have to feel 
what the character's feeling. You really have to feel what Bay is feeling. You have to you have to understand what's happening. You know, you, you've got to be him. If this is an emotional thing for your character or for a character I'm playing, then then I'll I'll start getting teary. But you know, tears aren't always the answer to an emotional scene. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it all matters what you really feel. You know, like if you're like, okay, my my character is crying in the scene. Then it's mm-hmm. it feels fake. You you got to feel if are you does your character actually feel like he's crying or does you know it, 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 is that necessary? I, I don't right. know. I, I just think tears aren't always the answer. Sure. It, it all, sure. For for adults or for kids. I mean, I think it's really, you know, and I think that goes back to what you said at the beginning of our talk was that, you know, you come on set and you really get into the character of Balefire. And you are Balefire for that time that you're there on set. And I think that probably goes a long way to, you know, to helping you get into that. What And I'm sure, you know, what else? The costumes, um, you know, bail, getting into the Balefire outfit um, yeah, you yeah. know, is going to change you. How does that? How much does that help you really kind of embody the character? No, I won't disagree. The uh, the costumes and the set and all that it, it really does help because it it's just another piece of your imagination that can fill, and it's not so hard to think of so much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, I I think the the more details there are on set and on you as a person, as a character, mm-hmm. it, it is easy to get into the character. Um, mm-hmm. Has your approach to the character changed at all um, now that there's another actor playing the same part? Any coordination between the two of you? Wait, sorry? Any coordination uh, between approach, you and... Sorry. And Michael yeah, and James, right. Oh, right. Do, do I have more of an emotion with having an older self is no 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 i think what i think what jimmy's asking is um because now that there's another actor playing you know the older balefire um in yeah. michael raymond james do you guys ever connect at all and uh you know compare notes or say okay you know i would do this or i would do that or anything like that no or, I, it's bad. i would love to do that but i uh I have talked to him before, but I've, we've never actually compared notes, which would be mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. Yeah, on have the other you hand, too. Uh, episodes with him, with him in it, and taken anything from that when you approach your episodes. Uh, it, it it was kind of cutting out. I, I didn't... Sorry, do you um, have you you know have you watched any of the episodes where? Uh, Michael Raymond James is playing your older self and kind of picked up anything from just doing that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that could help too, but uh, sorry, go ahead, Chrissy. Oh, I was just going to ask you, I was just curious. I didn't hear the story. How, how did you end up on once upon a time? What was that like when you found out that you were going to be on there? (laughs) Well, how, how I got on once upon a time uh, it, it was. It all started off, you know, a normal audition from my uh, great, great agent Stacy Ando. She's been really, really good. Um, but it, it was all a normal audition. I had no idea what I was going for. It was 
the the sides for the audition were all scribbled out, all blacked out. All I had was my lines and the other person's lines. I don't even think I had their name. And my name was oh, James or something, something odd like that. Yeah. Uh, and I had no idea what was going on. I, I, I went in. <laughs> I, I tried as this, this James dude. And then I, I, I got this call, you know, like, we want you for this this show. I was like, what? No way. And so I got right. this, this script for the show, and I'm looking through it, and I... I don't see a James. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. You don't even know who you're playing. That's too funny. Was, oh, my I, God. That was a massive thing. And I, I, I had emailed my agent, like, who am I? I don't see me. Am I am I an extra, you know? So, <laughs> so what yeah. was your very first scene that you shot uh, at, on once? Um, do you remember? I think I do. I think it was the one. Man. With Rumple in the in the uh, in oh, the yes. cabin oh, there. That was it, no, it was the one where I ran in. It was really it was really emotional, and I go, you know, Papa, Papa, that one. Oh right, right, right. They're taking such and so to the army. They're taking and... such a, that's uh, yeah, that was one I'd ever done. I was so I was pretty nervous because it was the first set I'd ever been on. I think. So. Oh, wow. oh my gosh, and and of course you have to go up against Robert Carlyle for that too. Right. Yeah. I was well, so how did you guys? Uh, re- how long did you guys rehearse? Did you get rehearsal time? And obviously, I mean, I know they do blocking and stuff, but you know, did you get to rehearse a lot with Robert for that? And how did that go? Um, yeah, I think I think we did rehearse it. We did do the blocking and all that, but uh, it was just kind of a run in and, and try it out. I, I I was pretty. It was pretty a shocking one. I don't I don't even remember that much. All I remember is. Standing there, waiting to, you know, waiting for action to run in. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a beautiful moment, definitely. <laughs> so, um, cool. what do you think of the show itself? Um, it's, you know, I mean, is it, you know, watching it? Do you, well, first of all, I guess the question is, do you watch the show when you're not on it? Yeah. Are you a fan of the show? <laughs> I do watch. Recently, I haven't had that much time, but I, I, I have it all filmed, you know, like PVR and stuff. So sure. I'm going to be catching up, yeah. Cool. Um, what is the most? I mean, it's it's a really it's such a stunningly shot show. The costumes are amazing. Everything is amazing on that show. Um, to you, what is the you know the the best part of Once Upon a Time and being on that show? For me? Yeah. For you, and then from the for the viewers, do you think what is it about the show? But first, you. What is like? What is it for you that is like the best thing about the show? For me, it's working with uh, such, like, actors with such passion, for me, definitely. It's to be able to um, not rely on the other actor. You never rely on another actor. But it's it's to be able to bounce off something that's so great, you know? Mm-hmm. That was the best part for me, was to be able to have... It was, be, it was like, Robert, it, like... Bouncing off him, you don't need to be an actor. It comes natural. Like it, mm-hmm. you're just, it's so, it's so fun. It's so, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. You'd have to be there to understand what I mean. Sure. No, I yeah, oh, and, and I've, and I've heard him speak about acting really passionately. You know about yeah. the craft and, and what you know what it is to act. And so I can I can only imagine. Um, 
And, you know, what is it that you think is just really so stunning about the show that really has captured the imagination of, of people watching it? Costumes. The costumes are beautiful in the show. Aren't they? Oh, man. They really are. The costume designer is, um, his last name is Castro, and I cannot remember his first name. But his costumes are beyond exquisite. Just incredible. Well, I I I would love Regina's wardrobe is just amazing. When she's the queen, you know, I love all of her costumes. (laughs) Eduardo Castro. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I we've got a couple of people in the queue. Would you like to? Would you mind if a couple of fans said hi? No, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Okay, hang on one second. I don't know who this is, but we're gonna find out. Hi, you're on the air with me and with Dylan Schmid and Chrissy mm-hmm. and Jimmy. How are you? Welcome. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. You're on the air. How are you? Okay, how about you? Good. Did you have a question for Dylan? Um, yes. Um, okay, uh, I had two questions. I'm just trying to remember. Um, (laughs) okay, (laughs) sorry. Hi, Dylan. Hi. I'm Shannon from Wisconsin. What's up? (laughs) <laughs> Not much, just chilling. What? <laughs> okay, my first question. Yeah, my uh, first question is, what is it about Once Upon a Time that just like speaks to you in a way, and how all of the fans and how the cast like really connect to it? Like, what is it like the main thing about it that's just like you're like, oh, I get it and everything. Like, you know, aside that these are the stories that we have heard as children. Oh, being able to act in the stories that I grew up with, grew up with, is that what you mean? Well, it's just like, what is it about it that just like, you know, how it has a profound effect on many others. Like, you know, it has this large fan base and it's already like reinventing like these stories for today. Okay. And how is that for me? Yeah. What do you, well, how do you what do you think about the fans basically? Like what do you think about the fanfare and and everything and how big the show has gotten? I think that's what you're trying to ask, is that I right? Think that <laughs> yeah. <be>. Somewhere <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> what do I think Are of you, the fans? How you yeah, know how do you how, how, you, how huge it is. Also, popular it is. Yeah, the show is really popular and, you know, a show with such a big fan base, you must have tons and tons of fans. I know that um, when I did my last interview with you two years ago, that interview on Blog Critics still gets tons of hits, even two years later. Um, And so does it, you know, how does does it feel to, to be involved with a show that's got such a huge, huge fan base? You know, sometimes I don't even feel like I'm I'm involved. Like, after filming, I'd go home and I'll watch it on TV like I'm watching a show that I like. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of odd. I, I don't I don't even know how to explain it. I, I don't even, I don't even know. It's, it, oh, man. It's I'm okay. not sure. That's an odd question. I like 
that's no, no, it's a good question. So, so what, you know, among your friends, and I know you said that you're homeschooled and you don't get to see your friends too often, but you know, how does, how do your friends relate to you? You know, here you are on a network TV show. Yeah. Um, it's not what you think. Whenever I go and see them, I'm going to hang out with them. You know, I'm going to be friends with them. Uh, Mm Like, oh, hey, look, an actor, he's crossing the street. It's kind of, oh, hey, look, a friend, you know. Sure, okay. Yeah, it it hasn't changed that much between all of us. But that's a good thing, yeah, I think, because that, you know, it can be really isolating otherwise. So that's that's a good thing. That's what I like, actually. Good, good. Um, Did you have one more? You you said you had two questions. Do you have another question? Yeah, just another question, because... uh, your uh, Bellfire Neil Cassidy has got to be like in my top five favorite characters on Once Upon a Time since like since the beginning and everything mm-hmm. of the series. And I was thinking like you did mention earlier that one of your like uh, one of your favorite scenes that of Bellfire that really like defined him was the portal scene back in um, season one. What um. Uh, and you did mention that you did see like older Bellfire Neil scenes. Like, was there a favorite of uh, Michael Raymond James that you're particularly fond of? Uh, not. Mm, I don't have a particular scene or or a particular episode of him that I like the most. Uh, mm-hmm. Just I I will I will just watch all of the episodes that he's in, and like note down how he walks or like how he how he acts as a person so I can kind of relate with him. Yeah, like, he is uh, he is taken after you, you know, he's the older you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, much has happened to Balefire from the time that he's yeah. your age to the time 200 that 200 years, seeing, yeah. Yeah, a couple of hundred years, give or take. <laughs> yeah. What's, you know, what's a couple hundred years in a fairy tale, right? Well, thank you for calling in. I'm I'm going to take another call, so hang on a second. Bye-bye. Okay, I think this is Meredith, and I know she had a question or two. So this is Meredith, who is in uh, Seattle with everyone else except me. So, hey, Meredith. Hi. Hi. Did you have a question for Dylan? Yeah, actually, I have one question. Um. In Desperate Souls, uh, I don't know how much you watch of the modern part, but, uh, you know, it has that newspaper story that actually talks about how Emma ended up in jail, which in a weird way is a very big Uh foreshadowing of Bay's later story arc. Anyway, I was wanting to ask Hang on, hang on, wait. You know what? We've just lost Dylan. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Dylan, what happened? We lost Dylan. I'm going to try to get him back. I don't know if he even realizes that he is dropped. Oh, no. Ah. Dylan's, I'm just trying to get him back. (laughs) Wow. Um, So hopefully he'll be back in in a second. Um, In the meantime, we can just chit-chat. And I'm hoping he didn't think that when I said goodbye to the last caller, I wasn't saying goodbye to him. I I don't think he knew that. I didn't think he thought that, no. Okay. I hope not. I want to get him back because he's supposed to be on another few minutes. Oh, no. 
you know, that sometimes happens. I thought I heard some crinkling on the line, so I'm wondering if there was a – oh, there he is. Okay. That's huh. so funny. We got you back. Okay, we thought you didn't like us anymore and you left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, something happened. It, it hung up for some reason. I don't, I don't oh, know why. Just ki- I'm just I kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't really think. No, 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 no. It, it sometimes happens, so don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, Meredith has a question for you. But thanks. I'm so okay. glad you called back. All right. Go <laughs> yeah. on. Um, I wanted to ask, um, you know, in Desperate Souls, you know, in the Marne port- portion of the story, you know, it had a, newspaper story, you know, about how Emma ended up in jail, which, of course, later on we found out is actually, in a weird way, your continuing story. Anyway, I was wondering, when, during those, you know, seasons, like before Manhattan and so on, when did you find out that your character was also going to be Henry's father? I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I was just I, I, wondering when you did find out, you know, that because I thought that was so creative and neat for them to do that. No, definitely. I, I had no idea. I was surprised. I, I was shocked when I found out. I, I, have, I wasn't told or anything, so. It's um, got to be a little jarring. Was, <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks, Meredith, for calling in. I'm going to take another call. We have another couple people on the line here. Um, this, I think, is Sarah. I think. I think this is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sarah? Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hi. 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 Do you have a question? I actually do. It's it's fairly a simple one, but um, what was your, I guess, like, what's your favorite fairy tale, like, that you, or Disney movie, Disney character, or uh, kind of fairy tale story that you have heard before when growing up. Peter Pan, definitely. I, I when I was younger, <laughs> Peter Pan and Hercules. Me and Hercules, yeah. Me and my brother always used to uh, watch those two movies when we were younger, because uh, we both, when we were young, had an imagination of ourselves. Definitely, we used to make games and have sword fights and all that. So I was pretty inspired by Peter Pan. And that's cool. Where so, you are now. So I have, I have a follow-up question to that. How cool was it for you to find out that, that your character, because I'm sure that you didn't know when you first signed on for the role, that your character was really going to be so intrinsically involved in the Peter Pan story? I had some hints when I, was, when I, when I uh, had those scenes with Wendy. I had some hints. Oh, um, no, no, no. But then, but not when you first signed on for the role. Did you did you know yes. when you, you yeah, know I back had no idea what I was for. I had no idea. Yeah, um, and then to find out that, you know, you're gonna be part of that, that Peter Pan story, it's kind of like, oh wow. That's and it's actually funny because I know Robert has said that um people have asked him the same question and he said without a doubt it was Rumpelstiltskin. I think he had said it was one of the first shows that he had seen on stage was the story of Rumpelstiltskin and he just loved that. So isn't that okay. and I asked and I asked Jennifer Goodwin uh, at Comic-Con last year, um, same question. See, it's not such a simple – it's a great question. It's a question I ask all the time, um, but I didn't ask Dylan, so thanks for asking it. Um, what her favorite What her favorite fairy tale was, and you know what she told me? You may already know this, hmm. Dylan. She said Snow White. It's always been her dream to play Snow White. So, see, so you guys, you know, you're – 
no wonder you're so good because you're all in the fairy tales you like so much. But it is kind of odd that all of us uh, or all of the all of the uh, regulars are who they grew up liking the most. Yeah. Yeah, it's like karma of some sort, of some sort of mystical fairy tale-ish thing. So um, great, great. Um, so Sarah, did you have another question? Because I'm going to take another question, if not. Um, not really, but I just want to say that the with my friends, we have talked so much about the whole debacle of whether or not Bellfire was Peter Pan, like all before the whole oh, yeah. Peter Pan, there were some bit, there were some pretty like funny deaths made to where one person who doesn't drink coffee at all, who hates the stuff, if Elfire was Peter Pan, he was gonna have to go full on black coffee, but if but he didn't, so he from <laughs> that fact, so he was very glad he didn't have to drink black coffee that day. Awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Okay, Sarah, I'm going to put you back on hold, and I'm going to put on another call. And we have a lot of people in the queue tonight. Hi, you are on Let's Talk TV Live, and do you have a question for Dylan? Hello? Oh, is it me? Yes, it's you. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, welcome to the hi, show. Dylan. Hi, Dylan. <laughs> hi. Um, I actually wanted to ask, I know you just did Bunks and Horns is going to be coming out next year, but do you have any news about new projects that you're going to be doing? You just took my um, last question. <laughs> so please go ahead. Oh. <laughs> not, not, um, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping something will come up soon, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, so, yes. Cool thing. If you're willing to watch Bunks again... Uh, November 8th on the Family Channel. Well, I can't watch Bunks because I'm in America, so <laughs> not yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so Bunks is not on in the U.S.? No, I don't think No, not is. yet. Only in Canada. Is it only on in Canada? Well, yeah, we were yeah. told that uh, we were told that they would have a date soon, but we haven't got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So definitely keep watching for that. And tell us about horns as well, and I didn't ask you about that, so please tell us about that as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what I can say about it. Okay. Don't, if you're not comfortable so, talking yeah, extensively not, about it, then don't. Sure. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. That's not a problem. No, no not, getting in trouble. We don't, you know. I, I, I don't like don't get to. In trouble. We, we don't want to get. We don't want to get Balfire in trouble because we know who his father is. So Uh-oh. <laughs> that would the not wrath be of Rumpel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I just want to take a minute um, to to really say how much I enjoy your character and oh, your awesome. performance. Um, really, really enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I, as a, here's a question, and I, I hope it's not an awkward question, but obviously you're getting older, your voice has changed. Um, does, yeah. you know, how are you guys, you know, does this present, I'm sure it presents some interesting problems as you're playing someone who's not gotten older. Um, how do you guys yeah. grapple through that or work through that? 
I have no idea. That's really not my realm in the whole TV business. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm not sure. I guess it all it all depends on makeup and wardrobe. Sure, sure, for sure. Um, and yeah. it's really we're, I'm really enjoying uh, your performance, and I hope to see more of you on Once Upon a Time. And I suspect yeah. that we have not seen the last of uh, of Young Balefire, even though you don't want to spoil us and, and tell us what's coming up with that. And we'll we'll let you not. We I'm not going to force you to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> want to tease something? I always ask. Unless you want to tease something, but I, again, I don't want you to say any more than than you know you think you can say. Um, and uh, but sorry, go ahead. I, I can't I can't say anything. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what you guys always say. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> when we know you do, but we're going to let that go. <laughs> I, I um, have no idea. I know. Um, you, know you know I'm just teasing. So, um, but yeah. thank you. You know, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to people. Talk to me. Um, and... Um, we really, really look forward to seeing more of you on Once Upon a Time. And again, congratulations on Once. Congratulations on Bunks. And I hope it will get yeah. to the US very shortly. There, I knew there was a reason why I hadn't seen it. Um, and uh, so great. And uh, hopefully you'll come back on the show again sometime. Awesome. I'm just as okay. excited as you are. Okay, great. Thank hey. you so very much, Dylan. Great. All right. Bye. Great chatting yeah. with you. Bye, Dylan. <laughs> Bye. 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 And that was Dylan Schmidt, who is in Once Upon a Time. He plays the young Balefire, Rumpelstiltskin's son. What a delightful young man. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so funny because I think it's hard for for any of the actors, really, to really and truly be able to um, articulate exactly, you know, their the way that they have to process their, right. you know, their characters and, and, and what do you do? I mean, you know, we I always just envision, okay, they're giving these lines, you memorize them, and then what, you're just going out there. But, I mean, there's, sure. a, whole, there's a whole lot to it. And it's, I think it's tougher for most of the actors to try and kind of articulate exactly. And especially, I think it's real. I thought it was really interesting how he said that, you know, working with, with Robert Carlyle, he's just, it's the way that he operates or that he, you know, works is sort of on just an organic level, I mean, out of him. And I, I love that about, you know, that he that he's able to learn from him because, I mean, yeah. what he must be learning is yeah. probably just incredible. Um, <clears throat> I know that, um, you know, it's, Getting, you know, it, it's when I've spoken with actors about, you know, how they pull their characters out, and you get a lot of different responses. But it's really difficult, I think, with a young actor, with a with a juvenile actor. Uh, I don't mean juvenile in the pejorative sense, but juvenile actor well, in the technical I know you mean. sense. Um, that it's really very, like you said, very. It, it is very organic and it's very instinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, because they haven't had the experience and the training yet, you know, and, and it's very, yeah. very naturalistic. And then working with an actor opposite an actor like uh, Robert Carlyle, who is such a naturalistic actor, 
Right. And I think that's that's probably the best way to describe his acting technique. Yeah. Is incredibly instinctive, and he's he's described it that way too, instinctive yeah. and very naturalistic, very organic. And um, this is in the moment. He's in the moment so yeah. much. It's yeah, not and about I know thinking. Kate, it's about just just doing. You know, just letting right. it flow. And right. Right, you know? and and I know I know he hates to rehearse. He's really he hates to rehearse, and um, because you lose that. Oh yeah. Uh, you know you lose the spontaneity that spontaneity of it. Spontaneity, lose, right? Yeah, the spontaneity and the you know just the um, the moment. I mean, it's and that's the other thing. You know, that's why I kind of like. I always go back to soap operas, but I'm just saying most of the. Everything that we see, most everything, I would say probably 90% of what is shown on screen is just a first take and that's it. Like, they don't even rehearse, really. And I think that that, that you get a better performance that way, so I can understand why he would want to do that. You know, you kind of just want to react and, you know, be in that moment, and it usually, you know, works, I think. Right. Right, right. Which I, and I think one of the things, one of the, one of the reasons that Carlisle, uh, he comes out of a school of acting, not like technically school. I mean, like a philosophy. Yeah, of I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. He, it's the school of acting he went to was a very classical acting training at the Royal Scottish Academy, um, and um, but the the philosophy of acting he comes from is an improvisational one. I mean, he did improvisational right. theater. He had his own theater troupe. Um, did improvisational theater as well as regular theater, but a lot of it was improvisational, and then worked for Ken Loach, um, the director whose whose real modus operandi was improvisational acting, where he would... uh, There's a famous scene that's in a movie called Carla's Song, where, um, you know, Carlisle was given a, a note, please show up at X time at this set, which was an apartment building, and uh, knock on the door. And he knocked on the door. It's like, hey, we're going to take it back to the beginning of the scene. And they go back to the beginning of the scene. They do it again. So this time, go into the apartment. Go into the flat. He goes into the flat. He's like, okay, next scene, let's do it again. Go in. Okay, next time, just explore the apartment. Well, he explores the apartment, and he goes into the to the bathroom. And there he sees his co-star, the woman who he's fallen in love with, <clears throat> lying in a bathtub with her wrist slit. And he he had no idea that that was what was in the script, much less what he was going to find. Wow. Um, So that's pretty much his style. That's where he learned his trade. So I think that's pretty um, pretty indicative of how he acts. And I just, I, I think that sort of acting is really brave. I've yeah. done. I did acting for about five years after I got out of college, and I could never get past the lines on the page. I was just not a very good naturalistic actor. I can be. I'm a really hammy actor, and uh, but anyway. So um, so Becky asks. So do we know who's in the other box? She thinks it's Christopher Walken. You think it's Christopher Walken? Why do you think it's Christopher Walken? Why would it be Christopher Walken? I don't get it. Is he going to be on the show? <laughs> Christopher Walken. You know, Christopher Walken was just in a movie where he played a um, where he played a really nice guy. It was called um, 
oh my gosh, it was called the, not the quartet, it was called the, the something quartet, the, um, the last quartet, I think it was called the last oh. quartet, because um, it's funny. So, so, but, but Christopher Walken in the other cage would be definitely, definitely a surprise. Definitely surprised. Wow. So what did we think of last night's episode? Okay, I'm going to turn it around. Becky, what did you think of yesterday's episode? Ha ha. She says, I thought it was awesome. I love the costumes. I love the costumes, too. And Angela says, I've always wanted to be an actress. I have a degree in theater. It is a scary thing to do. It is. I, I'll tell you, you know, um, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't know why I have thought of this because I haven't thought of this in a really long time. I did a show once. It was a gay '90s melodrama. You know, it's like with the mm-hmm. with the girl tied up at the railroad tracks kind of a thing. Yeah. And it was for summer theater, and it was a musical. And I played kind of the spoiled brat, not the ingenue heroine, but the sort of saucy, <coughs> the saucy um, brat, uh, rich girl. And um, so I was in it. And the guy who played sort of the snidely whiplash character, um, I was begging him to let my mother go. Please let my mother go. Please let my mother go. <laughs> and he's standing in front of me, and he takes his cape. And this is during performance. Takes his cape, and he puts it around me. And I'm on my knees, right? Right. And he puts the cape around. You just get the image in your head of uh-huh. where he was going with this. And he wasn't supposed to do that. I mean, you're not supposed to cover up your co-star. And uh, it was like I was cracking up. Everybody backstage was cracking up. I was doing every. I was biting my lower lip so hard because it was. Oh I was supposed God. to be in tears. I was supposed to be oh, in tears. And right. everyone was cracking up. And I was. I was like. I drew blood on my oh, lower my lip so that I wouldn't. Really. He was trying to get me to break character. And right, right. during a performance, which and, and actually he went on to get his equity card the next year. Uh-huh. I should have reported oh, him so to Actors Equity. That was a really bad, nasty, mean yeah, thing to do. Yeah, come on. It was awful. our first performance in a run of two-week run. And it was like, so that was like the last show I acted in, I think. I did a lot of directing um, and some writing, but I never um, – yeah, I never went back on stage after that. I was too traumatized. <laughs> I went I'd on be, stage. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be like mortified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been on stage to perform, but to sing, not to act. I've yeah. I've sung in front of thousands of people, so I'm, you know, I'm that doesn't bother me. So, okay. So, Angela says, I think the romance was a little uninteresting. Oh, I can't read this. A little uninteresting and rushed. But uh, yes, I agree. I agree. We talked about this at the top of the show, that it, the, the, the Ariel story didn't forward the arc at all, didn't, didn't forward the narrative at all, which is unfortunate. It almost felt like a standalone placeholder of an episode yeah. in a lot of ways. However, there were some scenes in it that were amazing. That were amazing. Um, the the Regina and Rumpel scene, the, the uh, Re- Regina like and Rumpel that. scene, was great. It was wonderful, and um, the scene in the Echo, you know, the, the the House of Lies, the Cave of Truth, was also really <laughs> really good. I thought. 
Um, yeah. So I I thought, oh, somebody um, was upset. Lydian said that my best friend was mad that Ariel had a modern haircut. Um, she was really modern. Yeah. She was really, really, really modern. They didn't, uh, really, they didn't go classic route, which, I mean, I understand. Well, but you know what? In, why, but they, they should keep it at the classic level. I mean, well, but in the movie, all right, so, so in the movie, in the animated feature, yeah. um, she is really modern. I mean, she's really modern. So okay. I think they were going along with the, um, you know, the animated version mm-hmm. because she is really modern. Interesting. So um, Sarah says, the only time I've been on stage was when I helped build some of the sets for Hello, Dolly. I was actually in Hello, Dolly. I was in, I oh, played cool. um, the uh, Dolly's, young, uh, not Dolly. Um, the Dolly I played, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the names of the characters now. Um, I played a dan- the, the the younger the younger character, uh, female character who was the dancer. So I can't remember her name. Um, it was a really really long time ago. Um, so so we have singers in here too. The Echo Cave was amazing. Yes, the Echo Cave was great. Um, I'm really really looking forward to next week. I can't tell you. Um, Next week, Storybrooke, finally, I'm anxious for that. Finally, 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 Storybrooke. And that is episode seven. And I have to um, double check and and confirm, but I believe that uh, David Goodman, who wrote episode eight, Mm -hmm. um, is going to be on our, uh, our show. Uh, the oh, night cool. after it airs. So I think I, I, you know, he's cool with it. We arranged that when I did the interview, and everyone's talking theater in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the chat room here. We're talking about uh, <laughs> Brigadoon. Brigadoon. Oh, Brigadoon. I love Brigadoon. Um, and and what was this? Uh, oh. on the roof. Angela says, I play Grandma Zeitel in Fiddler on the Roof this summer. Oh, I love it. I have I have performed so many songs from that show. Um, I was not in it. I AD'd it, um, but I wasn't yeah. in it. Um, but I sing, and I've done weddings and stuff where I've sung from that show, and I have conducted a children's choir singing the score from that show. Okay. Cool. Um Oh, a dialect coach for Brigadoon to learn a Scottish accent. You know, I'm, you know, I learned a lot of, when I was doing theater, I learned how to do all sorts of accents, southern accents and British accents and of all different regions and French accents, which I'm pretty good at. I can do a pretty fair Israeli accent and I can do an Irish accent. I was in, wow. uh, I was in Music Man twice and once I played oh. um, Marion's mother and of course, you have to have an Irish accent to play that because right. one is with an Irish accent. And so, um, so I've I've played it. But I, the one accent I cannot do at all is a Scottish accent. I have tried, and I am I can't I, I can't do a Scottish. I am terrible at a Scottish accent. Um, Right. Amaryllis, yes. Oh, Amaryllis is a great and and I've yes I've done um, I did uh, Marion 
and I've never done amaryllis, um, but I have done, uh, I was in a little night music. I've done, oh God, I've done so much theater. It's ridiculous. Um, I did South Pacific, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, yes, <laughs> cannot do a Missouri accent. I have my flat Midwestern accent, um, and I can sound like I'm from the East Coast, and I can sound oh, Canadian. Um, and I can sound like I'm from London, or I can sound like I'm from Oxford. Um, and I can sound well, I can like I'm from like Alabama. I'm from, I'm from, I'm from the South. I don't know what that is. I can sound like the Northwest. I don't, have a, I don't think I have an accent. I always wanted one. Like I really was like, oh, why can't I have an? Like I was born in Massachusetts, you know, and then my family moved when I was one. I don't know what their problem was with Massachusetts, but I wish uh-huh. I would have had like a Boston accent, you know, or like an yeah, accent I don't back know. East, you know. But, oh. but I just wanted to make mention um, real quick because um, I don't know if, if, if people know, if you are a Sleepy Hollow fan, um, Aaron Thomas is one of the writers. He's actually, he just concluded his East Coast Twitter fest, but he's going to be on Twitter for the West Coast airing. So I just wanted to let everybody know oh, that. Make sure that you go ahead and listen to that. Yes. And I'm going to watch Sleepy Hollow because I'm looking forward to that. Um, yes. And, uh Yeah. So we've got just a few seconds left, and I want to say thank you. And, again, thank you to everyone who called in and everyone who's in the chat room. And a very, very special thank you to Mr. Dylan Schmid, who plays Balfire on Once Upon a Time. I am thrilled that he joined us on the show. And thank you to Sherry Schmid, his mom, for helping to arrange that. And um, Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. Thank you, Dylan, and I look forward to having him on there again. And I will see you all next week, same bat time, same bat, oh, no, wrong show, same chat time. Same chat time, same chat channel. There you go. All right, see you next week, everyone. Good night, night. everyone. Happy, happy, once upon a time. Bye.